0: Hey! What is going on everyone? It's me, Mr. Mario, and welcome back to another episode of Mod Chat. In case you do not know, this is a podcast I do here at least monthly in two different forms. First of all, I do it in a video form here on the Mr. Mario 2011 YouTube channel where there are actual visuals to it, and that does help out with a little bit of the show-and-tell portions that we like to do here sometimes. I also have an audio-only version of it, so you can take this around and listen to it well like an actual podcast. Simply look up ModChat, all one word, on your favorite podcasting app or platform, and you should hopefully be able to find it. We're not available on all major podcasting platforms, but we're available on most of them. This is a show where I kind of just round up several modding-related topics that I find interesting and kind of talk about them on here. It's not necessarily a news show or even a breaking news show by any means, but just something that's kind of a little laid-back fun, and, you know, if you learn something from it, that is absolutely fantastic. Anyways, let's go ahead and hop into this month's episode of Mod Chat. We do have several different topics here, actually a good amount, I would say, varying a whole lot of different, I guess platforms, systems, and even just topics overall. Let's just hop into this. First of all, I did want to shout out a new up-and-coming site. This has actually been in the works for a while, and I just want to say this is nothing that is paid promotion by any means. This is more just, I guess, a favor to a friend, but on top of that, also just really getting the word out on this really awesome resource. This is consolemod.org, and as it states here, we are a collaborative community focused on collecting and preserving the ephemeral knowledge of con- modifications repairs and restoration methods visit any of these sub wikis below to view relevant pages or crossed out pages that are waiting for someone like you to fill out when half the items on the page are filled out the icon for the sub wiki will be made solid current gen consoles are excluded now if anybody has ever been on any of the hacks related subreddits over on reddit for example ps3 hacks ps4 hacks 360 hacks of course with those accompanying systems most if not all of them have been created and moderated by a gentleman by the name of Durf jagged now he has been working on this for a while because not only the subreddits were there but he was making wikis on the subreddit which i have also referenced here on the channel several times for different videos And he's really been porting that knowledge over and information from the wikis onto a, well, an actual wiki like we have here with consolemods.org to get it to a nicer point a more centralized resource and really just something that's a lot more accessible to everyone even just looking here for example let's go with Xbox 360 right if we click on this we can see information in regards to air codes here in which you can run through this a whole lot of information here my goodness if you need any information on NAND flashers oh here's a newer one Pico flasher let's take a look at this so we have information here in regards to Pico Flasher Tutorials as well too, just as basic as how can I hack my Xbox 360 and you can walk through all of this which is great. I know some of it is looking to be fleshed out as well too like exploit methods that go into drive flashing and I will say a big shout out to them for plugging my videos here in which there's videos linked for flashing a fat Xbox 360 drive and a couple of these slims but I do know it would be absolutely invaluable to have really a Uh, you know, a written guide on here as well, too, even photos and such. There's even further stuff you could see here, like schematics and motherboard images, where these are actually new, fresh images that were created and donated, or I guess contributed, so to speak, over to console mods. So this is just some of the newer stuff we're seeing here. And like looking at this This is a much nicer Xenon motherboard image than I've ever seen before, so this is a great contribution to see. Now, it's not just Xbox 360. You're also seeing a lot more here in regards to Nintendo-related systems, Sony systems, even Atari systems, handhelds, all of this here, and this is all available to look at and work on except for, well, it says current-gen consoles. So you won't have the Xbox Series S, the Series X, the PlayStation 5, or even... I'm wondering, no, the Switch would not be on here. All right, that's understandable. But like Wii U, just because it's frosted out doesn't mean that information is not available there. Like We can look at, I don't know, for example, creating game backups, and there is a really good guide here we're now seeing on the details of creating a wii u game backup now the big thing with console mods is a lot of the contributions here have been ported over from already existing wikis and there's been fresh new information that's been added on here as well too but that is really the biggest thing they are looking for right now the people over at console mods and even derf has talked to me directly and said they're really just looking for contributors so if there are any consoles and any specific material you think would be valuable for console modding of really any of these systems here anything older than the current generation which covers a whole ton feel free to sign in and create an account and contribute to console mods and if you're looking for some information as well too this is definitely shaping up to be a really nice centralized resource that we can you know reference and gather stuff from so that's about it consolemods.org Check it out. Now getting into some new developments, I kind of wanted to go from oldest to newest in a way. So we're starting with the oldest here with Metal NES or Metal NES. This is actually from developer, what's her name? Iatis, which if you don't recognize her name and that's all good if you don't, this was admittedly a little bit before my time. This is actually the same developer behind Nesticle and Snesticle, which Nesticle is a lot of people's for- first foray into good and easy emulation, which is Is of course a Nintendo or Nintendo Entertainment System or NES emulator. Now this here is a new emulator that that same person is working on. It states here transistor level NES 001 simulation builds on OSX only for now no MMU support only possible due to tremendous efforts of Visual 2 CO2 and Visual 2A03 which let me even see these here So it looks like these are both from the NES dev wiki, but this is kind of an overview for Visual 2CO2 and 2CO3... Alright, this is, and yeah, this is straight up just a transistor layout of this here. It's mentioned that added support chips for main board, support voltage ladders for composite output, and audio needs lots of optimization. And there's no, like, built release already here, but the source code is available. And again, the big thing is here, this is really one of the biggest pioneers of modern day emulation as we know now working on kind of going back to his roots here going back to the original nintendo and working on transistor level (laughs) transistor level emulation of the nintendo This is really cool to see i just wanted to shout this out here next up we've also covered silence work and i believe the last thing that i had covered from him was when he had uncovered a virtual like a full xbox 360 port of a virtua fighter game within one of the uh yakuza games that was it so here he ended up releasing this which is a blog post covering a gran turismo 2 combined disc Now, for anyone who does not know, Gran Turismo 2, right here for the original PlayStation, came on two discs. Disc 1 was arcade mode, disc 2 was the simulation mode. And what he did was, with him and the help of some other people, they went through this and attempted to create a combined disc of the two. And it actually ended up working. Now, I'm kind of just doing a high-level overview of this, but it looks like their attempt was here to work with the simulation disc as a base But they were adding missing files from the arcade disk, added a new main menu entry to start an arcade mode or simulation mode and then modify textures localizations to refer to arcade or similar simulation mode as opposed to disk one or two and you could even see here as they were getting this up and running now at this point when you use the combined disk it shows yeah arcade mode or simulation mode this is what they're able to use and boot into and it looks quite stock there's a lot more you can get into here with this write-up and this download is not just for like an ISO of the disk here this is actually for a script because this is all using a Python script which Silent has written here which you'll have to essentially follow the instructions on that, provide the two discs that you're trying to combine, and then pair those with the script and the script instructions to then create yourself a combined Gran Turismo 2 disc, which something like this is what I love to see. It's cool because revisiting this not only brings about, you know, that modern day convenience, but a lot of times this also shows that many of these two disc games especially were two discs, not because they had to be, but kind of more as a marketing gimmick so to speak i know aside from this uh resident evil 2 on playstation was another game where the entire game could have been fit onto one disc but they ended up splitting it onto two discs to kind of give it the illusion of i mean this was the late 90s so it's like the logic was bigger is better and bigger is two discs and bigger equals more game i know even in the early aughts there was the dead or alive games when dead or alive one and two got released on the original Xbox they came in a double disc pack two separate like like a nice like cardboard pack but two separate cases two separate cover arts two separate discs two separate manuals one for dead or live one for dead and a lot dead or live two and even if you look at the disc contents they're actually identical. It's not even that they're just sharing assets. It's like the the disks are identical. And there's one INI file. I believe there's a setting file in there that essentially is just a flipped bit. It's do you want this disk to boot up Dead or Alive or do you want it to boot up Dead or Alive 2? So they very well could have done the same thing and could have just shipped that onto one disk. But I remember years ago, not only MVG covered that, but even a few years prior because I was dumping it and I saw that I ran it by a friend I was just bringing it up in conversation and he kind of brought up that same thing too because I was asking like as developer why would they do this he said well if this is like the early aughts that would make sense it was the idea that bigger is better so yeah if they're shipping out two discs they probably want to physically show as well too that you're getting twice the amount of game for what you're paying so even though they could have shipped it out on one disc it just it was marketing to ship it out as two so that's Cool to see that we're able to, you know, I guess, (laughs) save the digital environment and shrink those down to one. Also, it's more convenient. Just love seeing stuff like this. Over on the original Xbox, this ended up surprising me here. This was cool to see. This is some new kernel patches for the original Xbox here. Now this is called Titan. And just looking at this overview, Titan is a series of handwritten binary patches for the original Microsoft Xbox kernel. These patches are designed to expand the storage capabilities of the popular 2001 game console in excess of 16 terabytes. This is achieved by modifying the kernel to support LBA48 and extending the number of addressable 512 byte disk sectors in the IO stack. Special thanks to Mike Davis for his serial debugging tools, Matt Borgerson for his tireless efforts on XMU and FatX, and finally, Paul Bartholomew for his original LBA48 research from 2003, which facilitated up to 2 terabytes for the past 15 years. And that is a pretty popular patch there all of these people are and their open source works play an important role in the creation of titan now this is experimental and there is usage on here again this is related to python so you really have to take the patch that is on here you're going to have to utilize python and you're going to use that python script to patch your kernel before you flash it over Now, there's a lot of other additional notes as well here too in regards to partitions, formatting, the cluster setup, like, for example, saying it is strongly recommended to format large disk over 2 terabytes with 1024 sectors per cluster, 500 kilobytes. Now, this is also another thing that I found pretty interesting, the UDMA right here. This is not only just increasing the size, but check this out. The retail Xboxes uses UDMA 2, 33 megabits per second by default as do many all modified bios. The maximum supported UDMA mode by the Xbox Southbridge is UDMA5 which is about 100 megabits per second from hard drive to CPU. Now it states UDMA5 does not work with all IDE to SATA adapters but is confirmed working with the StarTech adapters but has not been properly benchmarked and it's also saying that it's unstable on some other adapters but UDMA 4 seems to be okay. The thing here is that this is introducing a new UDMA that we haven't seen on the original Xbox meaning that even with this patch you can increase the the speed. Of which you're able to read and write to the hard drive that's awesome it's also noting here yes increasing the udma mode has been profiled to improve some game load times in excess of 20 and it will require an 80 pin ide cable so far it seems like a lot of homebrew seems to be okay ftp seems to be okay the dashboards that have been tested seem to be all right they're stating that ftp via xenium os is probably risky Um, And this is more tuned for the M8 Plus kernel. So it's stating here, yeah, Titan is only supported on the M8 Plus kernel. M8 Plus is a modified version of the final retail kernel. But these patches can be ported over to other kernels. It's just not something that the main developer here is planning on working on. So they're really just working on this main one here and it looks like the two contributors have been Gassy Dellen as well as Kato GTP so I do want to thank them for their work on this and this release this was absolutely surprising and astounding and really cool something I personally need to mess with as well too so not only you can get a huge storage increase on the original Mm -hmm. Xbox and this is saying in excess of 16 terabytes so theoretically you can go higher than that but on top of this, also just getting that speed boost is nice too. I just, I love seeing old put into, well, new uh, new developments put into old systems. I love that. And still speaking of the original Xbox, this is an interesting development here. I will say it doesn't look like this is even, uh, I would say, recommended. And we'll get into that. But there's been a few HDMI projects in the works on the original xbox of course we have the make megahertz uh, xbox hd plus or xbox hdmi which i reviewed here on the channel I do know that uh, Black Dog Tech is working on a solution as well that we haven't heard from in a while. But ryzy 119 has also been working on one as well too. And it looks like ryzy 119 released his project in an open source state. This is stating here, original Xbox 100% digital HDMI prototype. Note, this is a working but unfinished prototype. I don't plan to improve this further. See the Xbox HD+. Plus for proper for a properly finished product with way more features. Now it looks like there's some screenshots that they took as well too from this which this is from Halo 2. This has to be SSX 3 and this has to be Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 4. So awesome to see. Now, this looks pretty similar, of course, to the Make Megahertz HDMI solution. Uh, although, again, this is unfinished and they've just kind of released this as is here, saying this is a prototype board which should work with all Xbox revisions. However, a new flex will be needed to accommodate 1.6 motherboards, which makes sense. 480i does not work reliably use a force 480p bios and even looking right here this looks pretty similar to the uh, make megahertz hdmi solution which to me just kind of shows that multiple people could be working on the same thing in their own ways and it's going to be you know pretty close everyone's going to be pretty close on it i'm not sure if there was any work there that was shared but certainly we have this here so we can see the flux cable here that was created and installed on the encoder chip itself the actual um, how do I say the video port was removed here We still need the jumpers there to just allow the system to boot up properly it's it's interesting how this is set up here and then even again the board here looks pretty similar the PCB itself and then this is one of it, like one of these boards uh, wired in, installed. I'm assuming by Rizy119, uh, but either way, you know, this is a project that it doesn't seem to be like, hey, ready for the public to just use, install in their Xboxes and go crazy with it. Uh, but this is certainly a project that was at a point where it's, you know, working but still unfinished. But big credits to Rizy119 for releasing this open source. This is really cool to see. And I, I think it's appreciated. Over on the PlayStation Vita, we end up getting a new port here from developer René which is in Karuga, which I didn't even know this existed. This is a Ikaruga demake and a port of that demake over to the PlayStation Vita. Just looking at this here, this is a bullet hell shmup. It's one of the few that I've really put some time into. And I mean, it's, it's difficult, it's challenging, but... I I love this game, I believe it's developed by Treasure and I didn't even know that this demake existed. But this is just really cool to see overall. It's stating here, Inkaruga is a demake of the popular bullet hell game Ikaruga, released in 2002 for the Dreamcast and 2003 for the GameCube, that's where I played it. Ikaruga is a vertical shoot em up that features a unique polarity switching gameplay switch the ship's polarity, and get hit and absorb enemy bullets, achieve high score, and the chain bonus. And it looks like here, you can just go over to the download section on VitaDB and download and install it. So, really cool to see. Shout out to Renegade Monte, and thank you for this. Another Vita port is always welcome. And speaking of the Vita here, this is, how do I say, I know we were kind of going from old to new on here with these systems, and I didn't really know where to put this because this is on the Switch, but it's related to the Vita. So I kind of just put this into the Vita section here, but this also surprised me. This is Vita to HOS by developer Zerpy. Now this is stating here, a PlayStation Vita to Horizon OS, Nintendo Switch OS, translation layer, not an emulator. So this is pretty similar to what we've seen several months ago with the spine. I want to say the spine quote unquote emulator, which in case you did not know, that's something I've covered here as well, too, in which it is a quote unquote again emulator for it's a PS4 emulator, so to speak, on Linux, but it's not necessarily an emulator, it's translation layer. So it's trying to really just translate all of the PlayStation 4 code there to work with Linux calls, which we're seeing the same thing here. This is a PlayStation Vita translation layer working on the Nintendo Switch. So stating here, how does it work? PlayStation Vita and armv V7 CPU executables can run natively on Nintendo Switch, armv V8 CPU, in 32-bit execution mode. When loading a PlayStation Vita executable, Vita 2 HOS redirects the module imports of said executable to jump to routines that implement the same behavior, by using native horizon os services like the one exposed by the original playstation vita os modules so this is really cool to see here this is for atmosphere custom firmware it looks like you have to use this vita 2 hos nsp you're going to have to create a uh override config ini to set this up and then you're going to be using your playstation vita executables now the only thing here is that for anybody expecting Uh, retail games to work right off the bat here no this is not going to be for retail games right now this is really just for homebrew so you can get like basic homebrew basic tests set up and running there but in regards to any type of retail playstation vita games it's not to that point no promises it will ever be to that point but it is open source so if people ever want to you know report issues or even do pull requests on here or fork it they're more than welcome to but Vita like in a way natively on the switch is really cool not not emulation here it's a translation layer this is super cool to see. Now, I did want to highlight a new Gold Hen update. This is Update Two Point Two Point Zero, and it introduced something pretty cool that I've wanted to actually cover in a way here. But I love this method of doing it. We can go ahead, come over here to the releases, and over at the releases, the latest update here introduces a cheat menu. Now, it's stating here the cheat menu is experimental, use with caution. Please report cheat menu-related issues to the cheat authors, and you have to read this cheat menu MD for more information. And it looks like this was coded by CTN123, Shinigami, and Cistro. but this is just baked right into GoldHin, meaning if you're utilizing a, uh, a host that is on the latest version of GoldHin, you already have access to this. In fact, this is so cool that I could just keep sitting here talking about this, but I could also just show you all as well, too. We, we got a jailbroken PS4 here. Might as well give it a shot. So full disclosure, I have already tried this out. That is also why I'm excited about it. And I do have Dead Rising running right here already. Now, I have already, you know, booted up my PS4, booted up into GoldHen 2.2.0. But just to give you all, you know, a fair shake of it here, I'm running Dead Rising version 1.0. I've transferred over the files I need to. Let's go ahead and launch this. And this is actually a game I really want to revisit again as well, too. Definitely one of my favorites, but got this all up and running. Now, there's a couple ways we can do this. We can either hold down the share button for a few seconds, or we can come out here to the XMB, press the options button, and there's this gold hen cheat menu right here. So, I think the smoother way, in my opinion, the cool way of doing this here is just holding down the, the not settings button, but the share button. And if we do that, check this out. Just like that, we go into the cheat menu. Now, this is loaded up from a JSON file that I've already transferred over to my console. But we can go ahead and do some of this stuff here. So like a quick level up. And just like that, it's enabled. If we untick that, it's disabled. But let's go ahead, and enable that. Quickly kill zombies. uh, Real mega blaster. Sure, how about that? Uh, Max photo PP score. So there we go. We have a few of those enabled. I'm going to come in here, go to start game, just load up my game that I've already set up here. And let's see. So check this out. Actually, let me get somewhere here. All right. Let me actually I'm like literally right at the beginning of this and my game had crashed at a point unfortunately where I wasn't able to save when I made some progress so I'm kind of just coming back right here to the beginning but we have all of this all right let's go out to the rooftop I'm kind of just trying to get to a proper section of this game here I'm gonna skip that cutscene. all right and we got Jeff over here sure But even one thing you all can see is uh, just how Frank is actually, we're just going to skip this. You know, let me just skip all of this. I'm just going to go down here. Why not? You know, I just skipped ahead enough here that we're going to come right into the mall. So all good on this, but let's actually have some fun here. So I also want you all to notice just how how annoying it is how Frank is walking at a level one. Uh, But let's go ahead and snap ourselves a picture and look at how explosive that is. So we have maximum PP on all of that already there. Okay, new skill mastered. This is just going to scream at us a ton here because I've already leveled up to a level 50 just with taking one photo, which is uh <laughs> which is the maximum level that you can get in this game. And then even you'll notice that I've killed zero zombies so far, but oh my god, one nice thing is Frank actually Walks at a faster pace when we level up a little bit. So it's nice just getting up to level 50 and then running through this game. But even if we... No, not that. Can I... Okay, here. I was getting everything mixed up there. So even shooting some zombies. You'll see, like, every single zombie I'm killing is going to account for about... It looks like 2,501 kills. So I know there's one uh, achievement or trophy that takes... I don't remember how much it is, but it's either, like, 50, I want to say some, like, 50,000 or so uh, zombie kills to get it. So let's actually just see if we can get that. Let me go ahead and do this for a bit here. Just for fun here on Mod Chat, we're going to see if we can get this, uh, this trophy that I was talking about. I also just realized I don't have infinite health on here. I could have enabled infinite health, but I chose not to, so it's all good. Oh, I'm getting attacked. Okay, get off of me. There we go. <laughs> You know, I just checked here. So, yeah, it looks like it was about 53,000. And, uh, you know, it's fine. This is also experimental as well, too, since we're using this in a game that uh, we're using this in a way where the game was not meant to uh, do this here. As you can see, I got about 100,000 kills. So I I was hoping that we'd be able to get the trophy here together. But it's all good. In In a way, I've given you all like two trophies here but this is just an example again of how easy it is to use this built-in cheat server we don't have to rely on any other payloads websites nothing of the sort and we can just have all the files right there on the hard drive of the ps4 it's just really great to see i just absolutely love it so there we go again as easy as just hold down the share button go in here and yeah even if i want god mode all right there we go so Oh wow, actually that's pretty funny. I was getting eaten by a zombie and uh, it re- it gave me health. So uh, we're definitely in a upside down world now at this point. <laughs> now typically at the end of these episodes of Mod Chat I like to find something related to modding that I think is, you know, interesting, cool, funny, random, whatever it is, as long as it can somehow relate back to modding. I like to put it in here at the end just kind of as a extra treat. You also might get to see a little bit of Lily there in the background but either way uh, I did see something here from developer Illusion 0001 which they are really known for making a lot of 60 frames per second patches on the PlayStation 4 but this is not PS4 related this is actually well something else here. I just think it's cool when you're able to revive stuff like this. This is the Uncharted 3 multiplayer beta, now playable without PSN. So you could do it online or offline, you decide. And it seems like if you're going to play it online, you would probably have to use a tunneling service for this. It states here, it is no secret that I have been on the Uncharted Reloaded team for a while, a group of dedicated and talented individuals in an attempt to revive the multiplayer servers that was offline since its closure in 2019. Now, they're stating here that recently I was tasked with solving Crash and won the multiplayer public beta upon entering a secret land mode. This is the same beta that ran from June 28th to July 14th back in 2011. Normally, it's not possible to access this mode because the start screen you'll be prompted to sign in to PlayStation Network, which let's even see right here. Okay, so going through all of this. All right. Press the start button. Press the start button. They're going to do it here. And there we go, yep, you need to be signed in. Now it's possible to have have access to the menus that was previously locked behind a PSN sign-in prompt. Before you ask, this does not get rid of the PSN authentication, it simply unlocks the menu, and the code probably goes something like this. So he was able to get a hold of a PlayStation 3, the actual hardware here, and started working on all of this. It's really cool just overall seeing the progress he was able to make here. He was able to actually get in-game, but then even interestingly enough, once he was here... Apparently just the menu performance was really bad and this was because it was constantly trying to call out to get some videos and information from these URLs here which of course no longer exist, so it just kept failing. But once he was able to get that all patched out eventually he was able to get it all up and running at a proper frame rate and well he was able to get in game. This is really cool to see and actually bring this online for the first time in I mean, we could say, geez, over 10 years at this point. Yo, that's really awesome to see. So you can download the patch here, apply it to the eBoot, try it out yourself. But I just love seeing stuff like this. Anyways, that is about all for this episode of Mod Chat. If you enjoyed this episode, a like would absolutely be appreciated. If you didn't like it, a dislike is fine as well, too. You are going to make that dog, Lily, back there, the one sleeping, really, really sad. But you know what? You know what? i also totally forgot that typically i do a keyword or key phrase if you get to the end of this episode or just these episodes in general and then if you use this keyword or key phrase as a comment on the youtube upload i'll know that you've made it to the end so typically i just find something on my desk here but how about dog all right if you use the word dog in your comment on the YouTube upload. I'll know that you've made it to the end when I'm going through reading and replying and all that fun stuff. And if you're listening, don't worry. You're not excluded. Just come over to the YouTube upload. Use the keyword dog. I'll know that you've made it here. Anyways, again, that is about it for this episode of Mod Chat. If you enjoyed it, a like would absolutely be appreciated. If you didn't, a dislike is fine as well too. But until next month.